For you were called for freedom, brothers and sisters. But do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather serve one another through love. But do not use this freedom from the opportunity for the flesh. Rather serve one another through love. For the past two years of being a priest, one of the things that I've noticed very, very consistently and very with a lot of sadness is that while every single one of us in this church, every single Catholic was born and made in beautiful freedom, abundant freedom, freedom to do amazing things, freedom to work miracles, time and time and time again, I see Catholics, our very own people, squander this freedom, squander our freedom on the desires of the flesh, especially whenever it comes to pornography. Seems to me that this pornography, this, this wave of pornography is of pandemic effect. And not a single person is spared from its terrible grasp. Man, woman, child, doesn't matter. And it seems like even younger and younger people are exposed to this and people are becoming more and more harmed to the point where it's starting to actually affect our population. But the thing that probably breaks my heart the most whenever it comes to pornogra- pornographic addictions, especially amongst Catholics is seeing men and women struggle day in and day out to overcome them. To see them struggle to do better. To see them struggle to attain that almost seemingly impossible goal of chastity. That impossible goal of actually being pure. And yet St. Paul makes it seem like it is possible. He encourages us, he looks at us and says, Live by the Spirit And you will certainly certainly not gratify the flesh. So that leaves us with a question. How do we live by the Spirit? How do we live by the Spirit in such a way that we don't fall into this, 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 this vile practice of pornography and this vile act of self gratification? This stuff that so many of us are looking to shed, these habits that so many of us want nothing to do with, but keep coming back in addictive forms. I want to propose three ways that can help anyone struggling with this. Three ways, three tools, if you will, to overcome this. The first tool is confession. Guys, girls, do not be afraid to come to confession with this. As a priest, I'm always glad to hear this. Come to the confessional because it means that it's going to be gone. It means that it's going to be off your soul. It means that you're going to get a chance to be healed. I mean, look at what the catechism says about confession. He says, it says, For those who receive the sacrament of penance with contrite heart and religious disposition, reconciliation is usually followed by peace and serenity of conscience with strong spiritual consolation. Indeed, the sacrament of reconciliation with God brings about a true Spiritual resurrection. Restoration of the dignity and the blessings of the life of the children of God. Which, of the most precious of which, is friendship with the Lord. Guys, that's what's in store. In mortal sin, especially with this vile sin, we, we, we reject our identity as children of God and, and instead assume the yoke of slavery that St. Paul is referencing in our gospel, in our, in our second reading. The yoke of slavery that doesn't allow us to love, that doesn't allow us to appreciate, that doesn't allow us to see beauty for what it really is. That doesn't allow us to really love one another, but only to love ourselves. 
to only be focused on ourselves. And even then it doesn't do a good job because it doesn't foster love. It fosters pure hatred, especially for the one looking at it. Which means confession is the key first step to overcoming it. But that's just it. It's the first step. I know a lot of frustration. People come to confession day in and day out. And they're frustrated because they're confessing the same sins over and over and over again. And wondering, why am I not getting better? And the answer is because maybe we're not looking at confession the correct way. Confession is surgery, guys. In the same way that somebody may may tear their ACL or tear another tendon, you go to confession in the same way you go to surgery to get that repaired. But if you go and run on your your knee or you go and and, and just act as if nothing ever happened, you're going to tear it again. You're going to ruin it again. It requires rehabilitation. It requires careful steps. It requires careful maneuvers to ensure that we properly heal. But we can't properly heal without first surgical intervention, without first receiving the sacrament of of confession. So once again, I want to reiterate, our first step is always, always, always confession. Second step I would propose is the examine. I don't know if I've ever talked about the examine to you guys, but it's a very, very important way to pray. The examine, according to St. Ignatius Loyola, was the most important aspect of the Jesuit prayer. If you lost your breaver or it was stolen and you were on mission, if you couldn't say Mass, do your examine and you'll get the same graces as if you, as if you were to pray your breaver and as if you were to say Mass. That's what he would tell his Jesuits. And what the examine does is it looks back on our life and we see exactly how God has been working. We look at the blessings, we look at the day that the, in which the Lord has intervened and in which the Lord has given us so much. And we say, you know what, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this gift, this gift of being a child of God, this gift of being a free person. But there's something also the examine does, something that is so critical if we're going to attain sobriety to this vile, vile, wicked thing called pornography. And that is, it goes through our day, it helps us go through our day and examine where the devil was, where Satan was lurking. Saying they would say, follow the tail of the serpent and see where he was looking to knock us off our horse. See where he was looking to trip us up. See where he was looking to deceive us. See where he was setting us up to walk into the near occasion of sin. We confess this all the time. We say, we say that we firmly resolved with the help of thy grace to, to avoid sin and to avoid the near occasion of sin. But the problem with this is most of the time we don't really know what the near occasion of sin is. Because we're not paying attention. We're not recognizing those near occasions. I'll give you an example. Back whenever I was 12 years old, my neighbor got a ghillie suit to go turkey hunting. Ghillie suits, for those of you who don't know, are basically these giant, it's like putting on a giant bush. And you, it, it's, like, it's like a camo bush. It's, it's awesome. You can't say you're just like, like, you're like you're a walking Sasquatch. It's sweet. And what, you, what we would do is we would put this thing on, and at night we would go and scare the living heck out of our brothers. It was awesome. And what it ended up becoming was becoming a game, a game we called Scare em. And this is what it consisted of. One night, we would all go to, to my, my friend's house, and we'd all go to the outside of the house. And one guy would dress up in a ghillie suit, and he'd go hide. He'd go hide for somewhere, and then all the rest of the people, all the rest of my friends, we'd all walk around the house and try and lure him out. Well, what I learned and what I realized was that the best place to hide was right behind a corner. So what I would do is I'd hide behind a corner, and I'd wait, and I'd listen, and I'd listen to my brother 
I would listen to my other brother, and they would come down, the, come down right, right beside the whole wall, not expecting anything. And right as they got close, I'd jump and go, Rah! scared the heck out of them. It was awesome. The other father, Pelissier, got very scared very often. It was pretty great. But what they started to realize was that corners were where they were weakest. Was that corners were the spot where they would always get scared. And so it got to the point where they started to recognize that this was their vulnerable area. So instead of just taking the corners close, they would take them wide. And whenever somebody takes a corner wide and you're trying to scare them by hiding behind the corner, you lose all your power. Because they see you coming from a mile away. It doesn't work. And that's why the game got old and that's why we don't play it anymore. Because we had no other places to hide. It's the same thing with the devil, guys. If the devil loses the element of surprise, he has no leverage on you. He has no power. He has nothing that to, to work with you with because you're stronger than he is. You're a son of God. And God is infinitely more strong than the devil. The devil has to, has to play off of our ignorance. He has to play off of our sleepiness. has to play off of the fact that we're not paying attention. But if we are, all of a sudden the game gets a whole lot better. And all of a sudden we get a heck of a lot better at fighting. Because the devil no longer has the element of surprise on his hands. And we can get the upper hand. Especially in this battle. So pay attention to your corners. Where are you most vulnerable? Name times, name places, name name exact feelings, emotions. Get all your details down. And whenever you come across that situation again, account for them. Get ready for what's about to come. Be prepared. If you're not prepared, you'll get caught off guard and then you'll fall right into it and it it won't matter. So that's the next thing. Do an examine. Examine your conscience every single day. Now, you might be wondering, Father, look, I go to confession, I know my corners, I know this all this stuff, but I keep falling. I keep messing up. I keep going, going, returning back to my vomit, if you will, as, as Jesus says. What do I do? And the last thing to do is to pray. Now, a lot of us maybe look at prayer and think, ah, that doesn't really work. You know, if I'm like really feeling it and I'm praying Hail Marys, it doesn't really work. Well, that's because that's too little too late. So often when we talk about prayer, the reason why we think it doesn't work is because we're misusing it. It's a phenomenal tool, but we often, we often use it in the wrong way. See, prayer is all about communion with the Lord. But the problem is, too often we use prayer in the same way we use the 911 buttons. We just call in the case of an emergency. We just call whenever we need something. But that's no way to form a relationship. That's no way to grow closer to anyone. That's no way to, as the catechism says, develop a true friendship. It's not possible. What ends up happening is he ju- he's just there in the case of need. And what ends up happening, we dial 911, he doesn't come soon enough, and then we fall, and then we get mad, and we start resenting the Lord. That's not how to pray. Prayer is a daily... Oh, my goodness. I need to pray more, evidently. <laughs> Prayer is a daily thing. Prayer is a common thing. Prayer is something that you and I need to do more often if we're going to stay strong for this. But here's why prayer is so important. You ready for this? Lonely losers look at porn. Lonely losers look at porn. That's why it's so shameful. That's why nobody wants to be like, hey, guess what I've been doing all, all Saturday? Look at me. Nobody wants to do that. Because it's an indicative of what it actually consists of. It's not, exact, it's not something winners do. It's not something people connected, the people that are connected to others do. It's not something people with friends do. This is a lonely activity. And the best way to feel the opposite, the best way to feel, because the reality is none of y'all are lonely losers. Nobody in here is like that. 
But the devil just kind of tricks us into thinking that. The fact of the matter is, y'all are all winners. Every last one of you. And you're connected. You're not lonely. You're connected to God the Father. And that's the beauty of prayer. Prayers where you and I experience a win in our life and connection to our Father. A win and a connection. And if we can continue to pray, the more and more we'll begin to realize who we really are. Winners who have friends. Friends in high places in the kingdom of heaven. And the more we can rest in that identity, the, more, the stronger we'll get, the more we will be motivated to do the examine that we were talking about. To go to confession and to fight this vile act with all of our might. And my dear friends, if we can do that, if we can learn how to pray hard, pray like winners, pray connected, if we can learn how to examine it and if we can learn how to go to confession, then truly we will all attain the freedom that the Lord has promised us. The freedom to be his sons and daughters. Amen.